0: We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here right now into your present moment and exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that, and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soulfire production. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Dojo podcast, which is a journey all about what it means to live a life beyond the edge. And when I started working on this show, the team asked me, what does it mean to live your life as the dojo? What does the dojo mean to you? What makes this show unique? And so I've really been sitting with the answer to that question. And I'm so excited to share what's come through with all of you and the integrity from which this name comes, the dojo. So my intention with this Podcast with every one of these episodes is to take you into a journey. It's to invite you to identify where in your life your fear based leading edge lives and start to get curious about who the you that lives on the other side of that edge is. What will it take to become the version of yourself that lives free? What will it take to Liberate yourself from the resistance to experiencing what might exist on the other side of that fear based edge so that you can open yourself up to the realm of infinite possibilities that lives on the other side. So often, we spend so much of our energy in resistance to feeling something that lives on the other side of a particular edge in our lives. It could be the resistance to feeling the feeling of failure. It could be the resistance to feeling heartbreak. It could be the resistance to feeling rejection. So we create these identities that do their very fucking best to make sure that we never have to feel those feelings again. Because at the origin point of when those first experiences came of feeling those feelings and we decided semi-consciously, subconsciously, or consciously, I will never put myself in that position again so that I don't have to feel that again. At that origin point, we didn't actually have the tools that we needed to be with ourselves in that feeling. We hadn't yet gained the perspective required in order to hold ourselves in that way while fully seeing with perspective also the other characters in the story. And the great news is that with every year, in fact, with every day, We have the opportunity to expand and to grow because the truth is we are evolutionary beings. So the you at that origin point is a completely different being than the you sitting here today. The you sitting here today has the tools, has gained the tools necessary, and is at least worthy of the experiment to find out if you've gained the tools necessary, which is so much of what this show is going to invite awareness around you are worthy of the risk it is to explore what it means to live your life beyond these fear-based edges. Because it is not a fixed guarantee that the thing we're afraid of feeling will happen on the other side. It's just one of an infinite amount of potentialities that live on the other side of that particular edge. You're just willing to risk feeling it because staying small, being careful, operating in avoidance or control has become more uncomfortable to you now than it is to risk the potential of feeling that feeling of rejection, abandonment, heartbreak again. And this is what creates so many of the edges in our lives and we live our lives semi-consciously or subconsciously avoiding certain experiences which is a life of limitation. We are limiting ourselves out of the refusal to risk experiencing a certain something again. So much of this show is going to be about the exploration of how these edges are showing up in the lives of a variety of leaders, facilitators, artists, beings who are walking the dojo way, and I'm going to share more soon with you in this episode about what that actually means to me. And we're going to get to hear from them, and you're also going to get to hear a lot from me about what it's actually looked like for us to live life liberated. And in order to live life liberated, we get to make our devotion, identifying where these edges live and becoming the version of ourselves that lives on the other side. It's deep work, it's real work, and from my perspective it's why we're here, living this human experience in the dojo that is our life, in the transformational arena that is our life. So welcome to the dojo life beyond the edge and I'm so excited to explore with you. So here I am I wonder if you can hear the orchestra of sounds in the background in the middle of the Costa Rican jungle, sitting with a giant microphone in a computer and a phone recording me in stark juxtaposition with the melody and feminine chaotic essence of the jungle. It's so beautiful here. I I wish that you could all see the expanse over which i'm looking right now the quite literal edge of a cliff that i'm looking over into the mountainous expanse of the green jungle and you can hear the symphony of cicadas and the wildlife all around as the sun is setting over the mountains and it's truly one of the most beautiful scenes i've ever witnessed and what a powerful profound perfect container to hold me as I lean into my own edge in real time with you in order to initiate the runway for the dojo podcast, for the dojo life beyond the edge. So I'm excited to share with you guys what that means to me. For those of you who are just getting to know me from age eight to 20, I was training for the Olympics in Taekwondo. That was my greatest passion growing up. And every day, the dojo was the space inside of which I would go to train, the space inside of which I would go to become stronger, to become more of myself, to face off with my edges. And so the dojo has such a sweet spot in my heart as the arena inside of which you go to become, period, to become more of yourself. A story that ran parallel to that one is that at age eight, I was diagnosed with scoliosis and a prescription upon diagnosis was to wear a back brace hard as a wooden floor around my entire midsection for 20 hours a day. And now that was one of the most challenging periods of my life for five years in my formative years when when everything in me wanted to Explode into a flurry of play. (laughs) I was confined and constricted in this back brace that was intended to stop my spine from progressing, from curving any further. And it's a very dangerous thing. If you're diagnosed with scoliosis very early and the spine is progressing quickly, especially through your, your years where you're growing the most, the spine can start to progress into vital organs and things like that. So they really need to track it and, and, and pay attention to the degree of curvature. So from age eight to 13, I would go to the doctor every few months and have x-rays of my spine. And I quite literally would watch my spine turn more and more into an S. And the only time that I was allowed to come out of the brace was to shower and to go to the dojo. I liken it to taking a bowl out of a pen. Like you feel this wild bowl and then the bull is confined in this pen all day. And finally you take it out of the pen and it was like an unleashing, an unlocking of the full fire force of my spirit. And so I really gained a passion at a young age for freedom. I gained a passion for the energy of liberation, of liberating yourself from limitation. I could really feel through the contrast, the difference between the experience on a physical level of being quite literally physically confined and limited, the same way we get emotionally and energetically confined and braced in through our conditioned patterning and the contrast of being confined, enclosed, limited to fully free to express, to fight, to unleash the full fire passion of my soul. So every time they took the brace off, uh, it anchored in a reference point of what it feels like to be free and what it feels like not to take freedom for granted. And so this planted the seed of the heart of the Liberation Dojo, of the entire dojo ecosystem. It's the place from which it came. So I'm very grateful for my early years of training in the dojo. And I ultimately became number two in the country for my weight division. And at age 20, I got sick again, had a second spinal surgery where they actually took the rods out of my, um, of my spine. I had gotten sick and they thought the rods had gotten infected, so they went in again. And at that point, it took me out of the sport, but it certainly didn't take the sport out of me. My time in Taekwondo anchored in a reference point for what true passion feels like that I would carry with me in the most important way over the next phase of my life. So after that, I went more mainstream, which is not an inherent part of my nature. I tend to be an outside-of-the-box kind of cat. And I um, started working as the executive director of marketing for one of the biggest baseball agencies in the country. And I moved up very quickly at a young age. And it was a classic picture of from everything the outside reflected in, told me, this is what success looks like. This is what happiness feels like. You should be happy. You should be grateful. But from the inside out, I was miserable. I would literally close the door and shut the blinds on my floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills and cry. And it was a wild, confusing time because my ego became so attached and so identified, there was so much worth being generated by the title of this executive director of marketing role for some of the biggest athletes in the country that the egoic part of me held on for dear life to this position. But the larger part of me, the higher part of me that had lived liberated inside the dojo all of those years and knew at the core of my being what true passion feels like, that part would never stay quiet. That part would not keep her mouth shut. There was this relentless force, this relentless fire inside that told me this is not it. Everything and everyone outside of you is reflecting to you that this is it and this is not it. And I knew it at a soul level. But that ego part, man, she hung on. She hung on. And so I went to Western medical doctors and I told them I'm depressed. There's something wrong with me. This idea that there's something wrong with me, that this part of me won't shut up, that keeps telling me that there's something more than this. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I can't sleep. What's wrong with me? And Western medical doctors told me, well, there's a pill for that. And so I became completely dependent on prescription medication to hold this shell of a life together that was prescribed for me, conditioned to believe that this is what success looks like. This is what I should be doing in order to be happy and successful and secure as a human being on this planet. Supporting other beings in actualizing their dreams, watching other athletes actualize their dream. I was close enough to touch with my fingers athletes that were living the passion that I got to live in my taekwondo days. But I had one degree removed myself from being the one living that passion, and instead I was supporting the ones in blossoming into their dreams that were living their passion and bypassing my own. Hard pill to swallow. Hard multiple pills to swallow, which I did for quite a while. So I became completely dependent on prescription medication to wake up in the morning and to go to sleep at night, Adderall to wake up, Ambien to go to sleep, anti-anxiety all day in between in order to sustain any semblance of life force energy to hold together this life that was not truly mine to live, was not coming from the essence, the core of my being, but it was my fear of what if and who would I be? Without this title, without this security that held me back for so long. And this, again, was such a central time because it planted the seed again. It watered that seed, rather. It watered the seed that had already been planted of what true passion feels like, of what freedom and liberation feels like from taking that brace off over and over again. Woo, this is what freedom is. This is where freedom lives. This is what living from passion feels like. I got that seed planted at a very young age. And then at this juncture, I got to water it. That power in me that had me go to my doctors, call myself out. And tell them the truth that I was not going to get off these medications on my own. And I asked for a recommendation for medical leave from my doctors to leave the agency and go to inpatient treatment in Newport Beach to get off all of these prescriptions that I was well aware I was using in order to generate an energy that wasn't natural or authentic for me to sustain this life that was not really truly my dharma to live. And it was in the dojo of treatment, which I didn't even have the context or perspective at that time to recognize that I was stepping into the dojo that would be the catalyst for my original awakening. And in treatment... I was exposed to a 360-degree approach of healing modalities from EMDR to hypnotherapy, yoga, meditation, group work. I started becoming passionate about astrology and plant medicine and alternative healing methods, just nature, the, the simplicity of being moving from the cities to the beach and just sitting with the sun setting every day and coming into rhythm with the cycles of nature served my awakening process. I'm so grateful for that time that so deeply served my awakening process. And it was during that time in sitting in circle with women who were in a darker, deeper place than me who I was still there working a full-time position remotely being paid full-time to be there from my own decision to be there and I found myself sitting in circle with women who are recovering from heroin that are in their you know eighth time in treatment and their families are genuinely uncertain if they're going to make it and it was sitting in circle with them talking about what's real and raw and alive and most vulnerable in the moment that I felt that taekwondo feeling again that I felt my aliveness come online, I felt my passion come online, I felt my fire and my why for being here again. And that is when I recognized a part of my Dharma and why I'm here and what generates aliveness and vitality in me is holding space for the full spectrum of the human emotional experience, unconditionally. Going through treatment, getting off of all the prescriptions was a huge initiation for me. And we recognize that our external reality is a reflection of our internal landscape. And so as my internal landscape started to heal and transform, and I focused the amount of passion and devotion that I focused in the Taekwondo stage of my life into personal development, personal transformation, and poured into myself in that way, the path that would illuminate every step of the way toward the birth of the dojo ecosystem began. So I started working with plant medicine. I started facilitating, I started a wellness company with a friend. I started facilitating group experiences and really receiving myself in the truth of authentic human connection and feeling new gifts come online. And a part of that I realized was the integrity of my own journey, the integrity of what it looked like for me to start to really identify and expand beyond my own fear-based leading edges. And when I started to relate to my life as a creator, not as a victim, but really recognizing that everything, every one, every catalyst that I draw into my field is, is of my own creation. It is perfectly designed, perfectly crafted to bring up in me exactly what I need to feel so that I can heal it. If it's something that I don't prefer, I let go of the idea that it's happening to me, that I've done something wrong, and I embraced the truth through deep experimentation over and over and over again that, wow, it is impossible, improbable that I would consistently notice patterns specified in a certain area of curriculum that happens to be so alive for me at this time. I started to recognize these patterns and notice that when a certain arena or area of curriculum was alive in my life, or you could say there's a certain field of leading edge expansion points that were inviting me forward, and we'll notice these expansion points in certain fields in our life, certain areas of curriculum will be really lit at certain times in our life. So if you tune into your field right now, I imagine that you'll be able to track what part of your curriculum is up right now. Is it financial? Is it relational? Is it connected to abundance conversations? Is it connected to your your mission and purpose and why you're here on this planet? So if we can find and track what area is most lit in our field, At any one time, we'll also be able to track the patterns and the catalysts that we are drawing that are specifically crafted for us to hit that exact precise place in our being that is calling for our attention. And when we start to embrace that creator consciousness, life itself becomes a ceremony. Life itself becomes the dojo. Life itself becomes the arena that houses your personal evolutionary process. What a gift. How epic is that? How epic is that? And when I really received that and let that land, the inspiration for the liberation dojo came in, which is the fusion between the first part of my life as an athlete training in the dojo where my passion and and fire around transcending the energy of limitation was born and post dark night of the soul awakening process when i received myself as a facilitator and felt that same fire spark timelessness flow and passion the liberation artist in me was born in the fusion of the liberation artist and the athlete training in the dojo birth the liberation dojo And the Liberation Dojo is the original offering in the dojo ecosystem. It's the seed frequency of the whole thing. And it's a one-day transformational arena that's built on the singular intention to identify where your fear-based leading edge lives and expand beyond it in real time. And the integrity of this offering is that I don't plan a damn thing. And as a recovering make surer, that has been an edge for me, which has asked that I actually permeate the sensation of failure. I had to get real used to the possibility that the word might not come, that the next process might come in, might not come in, that those who show up for the experience might not receive their money's worth. Because it's, that's the edge for me, the resistance to feeling the sensation of failure, which is a sensation that created a wound in me at a young age, and when that wounding was created of feeling the feeling of failure, not getting it right, there's a protector that was birthed at that time. And the protector, the identity of the protector, is this high-performing perfectionist who needs to get it right so that it's protecting me from feeling the feeling of failure, So feel that loop. And I invite you to track in your own life where these patterns and protectors show up. And I have so much compassion for where that protector was born from. And at the time it was born, it's true, I didn't have the tools to be with myself right there in that feeling. But who I am now and who I was when we started the Liberation Dojo is a completely different version of myself than the the version of myself I was in the moment of that original wounding same for you wherever that moment of original wounding was for you at a very young age that created an edge that became a no-go zone for you and there's a protector identity that says anything but that that is what creates these edges in our lives and the liberation dojo the essence of it the intention of it is to create a safe Transformational arena that invites us to identify where those leading edge expansion points are and actually embody the version of ourselves that is living and breathing and safe and free on the other side in real time. So, the integrity is that I'm actually pulsing on the edge by showing up into a room in these live experiences of 40 humans who have paid me to offer them. profoundly transformational experience. And while I can feel the intention and the arc of the experience, and I bring in guardians to support as well, because I recognize the intelligence of the group will always have it covered. Every answer doesn't have to come through me. So while I step into that space, pulsing on my true leading edge of, I actually have no idea what this is going to look like. Thank you for trusting me in that. And now my expanse is embodying the version of me that trusts me in that, that trusts my channel, that will meet what is truly alive and emergent on the day of the experience instead of assuming that I could possibly premeditate what will serve each individual in the room the most in the moment that they arrive into the space, right? Right? So the aspect of me that wants to plan, premeditate, overplan it, gets to go through a death process when I show up into the liberation dojo so that I'm free to meet what's actually here. And in order to be free to meet what's actually here without a plan, it is essential that I move through the process that's invited in the dojo itself, which is to actually permeate, embrace, and love the possibility that it might fail that the answer might not come. The breakthrough may not happen. And ironically, when I really get and receive that no matter what, I got me. Even if the breakthrough doesn't come. No matter what, I know my heart and I know my intention and I don't make it mean anything about me because I'm here for every ounce of it and I know that. I couldn't possibly ask for more from myself than that. Ironically, when I really land in that, It frees up the energy in such a way that I haven't actually had to experience that in a live liberation dojo yet, because there's not a need for me as a creator to attract that exact catalyst to bring up the feeling of failure so that I can permeate it in that moment and heal it. There's no healing without the feeling. And this is the mechanics of that. So how can we get ahead of it? How can we permeate it, feel it, transform it, transmute it intentionally and proactively This is the work I do in order to facilitate the liberation dojo, and this is the work I invite as a part of the expanse that happens inside of the dojo. And witnessing that sprinkler effect of embodiment, of live, liberated embodiment of the freedom that many beings haven't touched yet inside of themselves and being witnessed in that, it lights me up in the most profound way, in just the way that that seed frequency that I lived in the Taekwondo Dojo growing up. Now I'm living it as a liberation artist, as a facilitator. And perhaps you can feel in the in the tone of my voice, there's a fire, there's a passion, there's a martial artist. There's a, there's a devotional quality that really becomes the only prerequisite for these containers is that you're all in, is that you're in the no matter whatness of I'm here for this. Mm. And it's through the expanse that has occurred in the live liberation dojos that organically birthed the level one three-month group container, which is called the Dojo Immersed, and the level two three-month group container that is called Dojo Masters. And so now it's been so beautiful because the women who have graduated from Dojo Masters, I have the opportunity to invest in them and bring them on board as guardians and facilitators after witnessing that this work works. And they're operating at a level of embodiment that is profound, that, that they trust and that I trust. It's extraordinary when you really receive yourself and you receive the trust in yourself that you can knock on the door of right now. It's all about receiving it and embodying it and then expressing yourself as the you that truly trusts herself. When we receive the depth of our trust in ourselves at, at a soul level, Like I trust you. I know you. I will be with you. I will stand with you. I will stand for you no matter what. Everything in our external environment will reflect that. Our relationships begin to reflect that. Oh wow, this is a a being that I trust. This is a being I want to collaborate with. This is a being I want to grow with. And that's how I feel about every single woman who's Graduated from the level two dojo master's group program, so much so that we're going to be co facilitating a dojo, the first ever dojo retreat in the fall of 2022. And me, all of these containers have just organically birthed themselves in the, their own timing, only as much as the life has called through. And it's a recognition that so much magic, the most magic actually happens when we can embrace the unknown. Like I've recognized that through knowing how much I actually don't know, (laughs) that creates the space for life to fill it in, in ways that go beyond anything that I could create at my human level or organize at my human level. The organizing intelligence of life goes beyond anything that an individual human could orchestrate. So what is getting out of the way actually look like? From my perspective, in a huge part, it actually looks like doing this work that we're facilitating inside the dojo containers, getting out of the way in connection to the embrace of the unknown, right? So, so many of us have controllers and provers, you know, that want to get ahead and predict the future into a future known reality so that we can feel safe. And we start to try, if we feel like we're trying or efforting, we're very likely ahead of what's here. So if we notice that there's an aspect or an identity that's trying, efforting, controlling to create and make sure that there's some future known reality that breeds a sense of safety, that is us being in the way of the intelligence of life, filling in the scene, which requires your action to meet it. Surrendered inspired action we can be fully surrendered and also still in inspired action. Inspired action is so much different than controlled, effortful action. So I invite us to kind of track the difference. And I'll share one more story in my own journey of, you know, permeating the fear of feeling a lack of trust in life which for me personally and I, and I imagine for many of us has been the thing that has had me super try to control the future and to get into some sort of known timeline that I can be sure I feel safe inside of. <laughs> like really tune into that for yourself, but to truly build a relationship with the unknown we get to build a trusting, a trustful relationship with life. And in order to build a trust, trusting relationship with life, we have to build a trusting relationship with ourselves. So for me, 2021 was quite the year. Holy shit. Oh my God. Such an intense year for me. At the beginning of 2021, I was living in a beautiful house in the Palisades overlooking the ocean with my partner of almost four years that I was sure I would be with for the rest of my life. I had built beautiful community and tribe in L.A., humans that are family to me that I I trust so deeply and intend to walk with throughout this life. I was serving powerfully and, and pouring energy into this dojo ecosystem, and suddenly I started feeling stagnant. Everything in my being started feeling um, apathetic, less excitement. I recognized that I I had grown into the edges of a known universe that was no longer inspiring expanse out of me. And because I had been facilitating the dojo containers, I recognized the initiation that was in front of me. As soon as I noticed that the only thing that is keeping me inside of this known reality, it's, it had shifted from an inspiration, an inspired place where it was life-giving, generative, and expansive to a stagnant noticing that, oh, it's only fear that's having me stay in this level of reality because my spirit is calling me forward out into the unknown, into the next level of expanse. But my ego and my being, there's an identity in me that is holding on for dear life to this house, to this relationship, to these friends, to this way of serving, to all of it. And so the integrity of calling myself a liberation artist and inviting other human beings with real heartful processes and real heartful fears... The integrity of inviting other human beings to meet and expand beyond their own true edges could only exist when it's invited by the me who has expanded beyond my own. So I knew at that time That I was surrounded in a matrix of fear-based edges, and I didn't know what it looked like on the other side. And of course, as the center point creator of all of it, within a month, our landlord messaged and said he was selling our house that we had been in for years. And that was the first domino. There wasn't a moment that I felt, oh, I should probably try to find another place to rent here in LA and replicate the reality I just had. Everything in me, there was a deep knowing that, oh, this is the beginning of the initiation of facing off with the fear of what it looks like to let go of truly everything in my known universe, because what I was experiencing in my home space, which was beautiful, but there was a desire for more land, more privacy in my relationship, which was amazing. And there was also a desire for more from both of us. And we weren't able to meet each other at the depth and the height that we both desired was the truth, even though we gave it everything that we had. And so when I felt that, it was almost exactly what we wanted and the house was almost exactly what I wanted. I recognized that this is the invitation, the initiation to actually face off with my greatest fears of letting go of everything known that I love, that keeps me safe and that my ego is identified with In order to embrace the unknown and build in service of building a trust with life. Because if it's always this or something greater. And I knew that at a conceptual level at that point. I had to put it to the test. I had to actually let go of my grip on everything that kept me safe. So that I could give life And myself an opportunity to step into the expanse of the unknown, actually go through the intense grieving process that I needed to go through, hold myself through it, and create the reference point of the feelings I feared feeling the most, which is exactly what would have me hold on to what was. While they are very intense, they are not killing me. I know how to be with myself right here. My old past, past, past memories of what it felt like to feel similar feelings, I have grown so much. It's so wild because so often these edges are made up of our fear of feeling something that we might feel on the other side based on a past reference point of who we were at the time that we originally felt that feeling when we didn't have the tools to be with ourselves, which totally undervalues our own evolutionary process. Imagine how much you've grown in even a week, not to mention a year. If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you are in it. You are devoted to your personal development, transformational, evolutionary process. So if you feel how much you've grown even one year, imagine 10 years or 20 years, all the way back 30 years to the point of that original wounding that has been replicated, yes, throughout your life as feelings that you didn't want to feel. But notice how much you have expanded and grown every single time. So the truth is, you don't actually know who you be if you are to be faced with feeling that feeling again. And I didn't either. So I was faced with feeling the feeling of grief, the feeling of loss, grieving a life that I loved but wasn't the full, full, full fuck yes for me. And I noticed that in the expanse of having left the house Having left my relationship, left LA, and going into the total unknown, into the jungles of Costa Rica, having absolutely no idea what next was going to look like, and just dropping to my knees in the prayer and fully claiming my desires, fully receiving my desires, I received the most incredible expanse in deepening relationship with life, with myself, The synchronicity was insane. I met so many incredible angels every step of the way, fully supported every step of the way with incredible places to stay, incredible soul allies showing up, incredible collaborations and invitations into meeting new communities and just adding more life and more love into my life that I wouldn't have accessed if I had stayed clinging on to the known reality. And within a few months after going through this process, Following the knowing, which does not mean that I didn't feel the feelings of fear and sadness and grief, but the knowing was so strong, the perspective was so strong that I was facing off with these fear-based edges and feeling the feelings I had always been afraid to feel and receiving the empowered expanse that is available in that because I would no longer be the me that holds onto a known reality at the expense of what is here, of what is being invited Now, if the known reality that's here is enlivening and expansive and nurturing and nourishing and it's adding juice to your life and you're finding expanse and invigoration in it, fuck yes, there's not an edge there. You're not holding on to something that's expired. But if you're living in a known reality that has expired and the only reason we're holding on to it is because we're afraid to lose it, because we're afraid of feeling the feelings on the other side of that loss, that's where the invitation and the only direction will call you. And that's where being held in in containers like the dojo ecosystem are very supportive to allow yourself to be held while you're moving through these big growth spurts. But the most important person that gets to hold you through these growth spurts is you. And so I noticed in my journey, a formula that I found was that to the degree that I did not resist the expanse that was happening to the degree that I did not resist the grief and the sadness that was present. That doesn't mean I didn't feel it fully. You can fully feel sadness, fear, grief, loneliness. You can fully feel it without resisting that it's there, without judging that it's there, without making it wrong or holding on to what was, right? So feeling like doubt on top of the grief, like, I messed this up, I did something wrong, this shouldn't be happening, while the grief is moving underneath that, is what resistance can look like. And that resistance can have us creating a drag on what life wants to offer in its place. So I noticed that because there was such a strong knowing in my soul and in my being, that this was right on time, and this was the expanse that was, like, pivotal For the next phase of my life, I didn't resist the sadness and the pain and the anger and everything that was coming up in me. So to the degree I didn't resist the feelings that were present and the release process that was happening was the degree that I could receive what life was gifting and bringing in. It was almost like equal, equal because the, the, the lack of resistance, the total acceptance of the, the, whatever emotional content is there and the total acceptance of what is here is like lubricant for life to send in, to fill in, to bring in the angels, the allies, the collaborations, the, the, the home spaces, the support. That is exactly the medicine that your soul needs. And that doesn't mean we get to rush the grief process. It doesn't mean we get to make it go faster. That's still resistance. That grieving process could go for, I had to accept that that grief could last for a year, could last for five years. And that perhaps the the releasing process The receiving on the other side of that could have been in the form of angels and support and soul family and allies just to be with me through the grief. I had to accept that that was a possible timeline and not need to change it or make it different. And when I fully accepted that, fully accepted the releasing that was occurring, the profound receiving occurred in ways that blew my mind Blew my mind. I trusted my intuition and drove from... I came back from Costa Rica, drove from L.A. to Colorado on a whim, facilitated the closing immersion for the Dojo Masters container there, and then went to a retreat in Colorado that happened to be happening right after. Met the owners of a beautiful property in Colorado that invited me in their RV to go on this Burning Man-esque trip with all of their soul family in Colorado. Met an incredible community of humans almost immediately. And then in visiting L.A. through that time, I noticed my favorite quote manifesting, proving itself as truth, which is on the other side of death is always the truth. And my soul family and my allies and everything that was true from my prior reality that I had created in L.A. was still true. It's still true. It's just deeper because there wasn't a level of preservation of holding on to it, a fear of losing it. That was actually in the way of receiving the fullness of the love. Of the unconditional presence that is actually there. So on the other side of death, of the let go, is always the truth. You cannot, if it's true, you cannot mess it up. So that was also a very powerful receiving for me. So as I'm meeting soul family and I'm receiving support from allies and soul family. And really getting that like, wow, on the other side of death is always truth. As soon as I received all of my attention and presence, home in my being. And I wrote this spoken word poem. You can check it out on my Instagram. It was on June 30th called The Pacifier. And it was the full release of my prior relationship. And really received all of myself. And some of the poem sounds like uh, the first few lines are, If the pacifier and the pain are sourced from the same, it's time to change the game you're playing. I'm just saying Stop reaching to that which used to soothe it when it now causes bruises every time you try to use it, right? So just feeling where there was any aspect of me at all that was still reaching out to um, anything or anyone outside of myself to soothe a pain, especially my ex-partner, right? I recognized I had to fully let go because the pacifier and the pain were coming from the same source. And when I fully let that die, I fully let it die and I received the having of the desire, the devotion and the love that was present in my heart. Within days, I met my current partner, David, who is an incredible man that is, from what I can feel in this moment, the love of my life, and I'm so grateful for him. And so the magic that has come in to my life on the other side of the ultimate face-off with the unknown And embracing every aspect of myself on the other side of it has led to a blossoming that has come in ways that are beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And I still get to be in that unfoldment of trusting life and trusting the unknown. But now I can walk it with a deeper level of integrity and a deeper level of listening to life and actually track where my system might want to Shift into the old pattern of holding on to the known. Now that some more um, crystallized physical manifestations have come into my field, there are some elements of a known universe. And so, if I notice at all a part of me starting to get attached to how I think it should be, how I think it should look in this known universe, I can empower and send energy into the new neural pathways, the new. Expanse that I created through this death rebirth portal in 2021. That now in 2022, as I still find many unknowns in my current reality, I get to track where is there any attachment to the need to know and then do a little micro death. It doesn't have to be a big death, but a little micro death into the letting go, the embrace of the unknown, and then receiving what's here over and over and over again. And when I do that, I notice that life shows up in the most extraordinary and the most magical of ways. And these are some ways that I live the dojo in my own life. These are some of my own experiences that have afforded me a level of embodied integrity when I'm sitting across from you or any being that walks inside of any one of my transformational arenas that make up the dojo ecosystem. And I can look. You in the eye with integrity, with an unwavering knowing, while you're still on the other side of that line, and everything in you is ready to take that step. It has allowed me to become a space of entrainment where those who come into my field can actually entrain into the frequency of liberation as far as I've achieved it. You know what I mean? It's like an ever unfolding process. So I don't think there's anywhere like a final arrival, final place to get. And I can expand. I can serve as a space of expansion for those who are meant to receive from this particular channel. So many of us as facilitators and coaches have profound channels and we're serving. It's like through a similar frame pointing in a similar direction, but the channel is different. And so what channel is yours to turn to? For those who are meant to turn to my channel, just like I've turned to many channels in my own life that I resonate with, those who are meant to turn to this channel, the integrity for me is that I can hold a space of expanse and a space of invitation toward liberation as far into that as I have gone. So I'm housing the same level of devotion that I invite from you to identify where my leading edges live. To identify where my expanse exists and with both compassion and patience and gentleness for wherever I need it. Because sometimes we do need to lay eyes on that edge and then give ourselves some time and space to just feel and and get prepared and train a bit. And train our being to be prepared to expand beyond that particular edge. So with the combination of both compassion and fire devotion. We move in that direction. I move in that direction. And I and that's what I'm here for. That's what I've learned. So I hope that this transmission, this very first dojo podcast, Life Beyond the Edge, has served as an invitation, an opportunity for illumination in your own life around where your living leading edge lives, exists of where your leading edge exists. And through the journey that we get to take through each one of these offerings that it's my intention to hold as ceremonial invitations every single time, we get to meet a slew of of facilitators, leaders, artists, allies on the path that are walking in this way and start to look at the mechanics of what does it mean to live a life beyond the edge? What does it take to live a life beyond the edge? What do we receive from living our lives beyond the edge, right? And we get to walk this together. From my perspective, this is the human evolutionary process. This is what we're here for. This is what we're doing on the planet at this time. We're in the living liberation dojo that is life happening all around you life happening for you all around you and meeting you in exactly the way that's going to inspire more evolution and more life through you. And so I'm here for that. And I hope to see you and feel you here again. Thank you for joining. And I deeply honor your journey as you live, I live, and we live our lives beyond the edge. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge if you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo you can also find me on instagram at zahara Zimring, and i love hearing from you guys so feel free to send me messages make comments and i will absolutely get back to you i also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world thank you for joining and i'll see you next time